All right, well, good morning, everyone. If you have your Bibles, if you can turn to the book of Daniel, please. All right, book of Daniel, chapter 1. We're going 1 through 7 this morning. Um, hey, let's pray. We're going to jump into this. Let's pray together. Father, we give you thanks for a morning together to come together and to worship, to sing praises to you. We thank you for a place that we can gather and look into your word, and I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would move in a way this morning that leaves us amazed. And Father, you would draw all of, us, all of us one step closer into deeper intimacy with you. God, I pray you would do a great work starting in me and then move into all of us. I don't, I don't preach, God, just because I want other people to hear. I want to be changed as well. I want to be impacted and convicted and encouraged. Jesus, you're so worth it. And I pray that that is seen as we, as we gather together in our, in our chapel times. So God, speak as only you can. Keep my opinion and my agenda to myself, God. May it only be your truth, we pray. In Jesus' name, and everyone who agrees says, amen, amen. amen. Oh, well, good morning. My name is Brian. Um, I get to hang out with you guys for this week, and Hume's a special place for me. Uh, when I was 17, uh, right in that third row, right where the, the pews angle, that's where I stood up and surrendered my life to Jesus uh, a, few, a few years ago. <laughs> it's kind of, I'm only, I'm only 27, but it feels like yesterday. Uh, don't laugh, it sucks. But um, this is where I made my decision for Jesus. Um, and my family, uh, for the last 13 years or so, God has let me come up here. And my family's come up here. Both my boys have surrendered their life to Jesus. Um, and I'm just so thankful. Uh, married to a woman for 25 years. We just finished 25 years. Uh, her name's Kelly. And then I got a 19-year-old named Tyler. And uh, Dylan, he's 17. They couldn't be here. My son actually starts school this week. So they couldn't join us this week. But it's great to be up here. In Daniel chapter 1, that's enough of me. Let's go to Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, I'm sorry, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the vessels of the house of God. Now, just to stop, stop there just a second. God gave his people up. Guys, doesn't that sound like God gave up on them? Then maybe for some of you in the room, this is what it feels like in your life right now. Like something's happened and it just feels like, oh, God just forgot or God just let me go. And so what has happened that for some, you might be still going after him and you can't find him or you feel like you can't find him. But for others of you, this is what you think. If he gave me up, then I give up on him. I wonder if there's people in one of those two camps. Or there's more than one, more than just those two camps. But I wonder if someone here or a few people, you're in that. It's kind of like, wait a minute, God, I thought you'd be here the whole time. I thought you would be faithful. I mean, I've always been told growing up, ever since I went to Sunday school and now I'm, now I'm in the youth group and I even sit through big person church, I hear over and over that you're faithful, that you're faithful, that you're faithful. And then I read a passage like this where God handed over his people to the quote unquote the enemy. 
Not by a show of hands. You don't have to show it, but you ever feel like God failed you? And for some of you, what has it caused you to do? What's been your response and your reaction? You, and somebody sitting there go, why would God hand them over? Guys, when you read the whole context of the scriptures, when you read this portion of it, you realize, guys, God for years and years and years and years and years has sent prophet after prophet after prophet to his people to call them back. They took off, they started worshiping all these other things, and maybe for some of you sit there and go, it shouldn't matter what you worship. I mean, if you want to worship, worship whatever God you want to. Maybe some of you guys have that belief. Guys, we live in a society, we live in a culture now where it's pretty much this. This is the mentality. Your truth, live your truth, live your truth, live your truth. The only problem is if my truth means that I can hurt you, then that means that you're going to be hurt. If everybody has this idea, live however you want, it doesn't matter what people think. Guys, anarchy, chaos comes from that. Now you may say, well, okay, live your truth, but you can't hurt anybody else. But what if that's not my truth? Guys, when you start putting these laws or rules onto people, you are actually showing, you actually believe in what's called absolute truth. We live in a culture that doesn't believe in it. It's all relative. It's all subjective. Whatever your opinion is, but there's no truth outside of an opinion. Friends, like I said, that's anarchy. And so when a person comes up and says, there's no such thing as absolute truth. There's no such thing as absolute truth. You know the problem with that statement? It's an absolute truth statement. If you say there's no such thing as, in that, in that one statement, you've just destroyed your argument. Because you're saying there's no such thing as, which is an absolute truth statement. Guys, over and over and over, God called them back. Guys, there's even this God that the people of Israel... They started to worship, um, I think it was the Assyrians, they started to worship the same God of this people group called Molech. When people say, well, again, worship whatever you want. Things, guys, this is how you worship this false God. It wasn't even a real God, false God. They had this idol, and it's shaped, and, it, and this idol has its hands out like this. Then you would heat up the idol, so you put fire within the side of it, and you heat it up until it's glowing. The way that you worship Molech is then you take your baby and you place it into the glowing hands of this idol and watch it burn to death. And so when people say, it doesn't matter what you worship, I completely disagree with that. Guys, it does matter. I think what happens is it becomes very tempting for people to say that. And I say this as lovingly as I can. Because it's easier just to say that kind of stuff than it is to actually engage and to think through. It's almost like the lazy way out. But when you start to engage, hey, there has to be truth. And it can't just be based upon my opinion. Guys, we have this book that has impacted the world. And we'll get more into this probably tonight. But no, no book on the planet, nothing is like the Bible. Nothing's as reliable as the Bible. So a truth outside of myself. By a show of hands, for, has anyone who ever read part in the, a part in the Bible and thought, I don't like that part? Anybody? I don't agree with that part. Yep. Guys, you know why? Because we have this thing called sin. We have this sin nature. We have these desires that go against the things of God. So if you're honest, when you're reading, going, God, I really struggle with this, but because you're God and I'm not, I want to submit because I actually believe that you know what you're doing and that you set things up for a specific purpose. So for those of you, you feel like God just gave up and you've given up on him, I'm going to ask you, Will you give him a week?
Give them a week, which means engage. Just engage. Engage in a conversation in chapel. Just think through things. Ask questions of God. And I mean, work through the process instead of just sitting there and saying, it's easier not to do that because I'd rather do what I want. But what if, but what, if, what, if what you want is settling for something not even close to what it is that God wants to give? Guys, if you ever felt like God left or forgot, you're not the only ones. In fact, and I think it's in uh, Mark, the end of Mark, Mark chapter 4, Jesus gets in a boat with his disciples, and as they're going, it says that this storm hits. Now, Jesus is asleep on a cushion. He's fell asleep on a cushion. And then water's pouring into the boat. Now, I'm not a sailor, but I pretty much know that that's not good. Like, if you're just going along in your boat and water comes in, you don't sit there and go, yeah, now the party's started. You start to freak out. And they're, so they're going across, but Jesus is still asleep on the cushion. Guys, don't picture this like some cruise liner where Jesus like, has his own little special room and, and then isn't hit by the water. Guys, he's being hit by the water. Has anyone ever here had anyone wake them up by pouring water on you? Isn't that a beautiful experience? You just want to kill someone in a moment. You know what I'm talking about? It's like once they do it, you're like, I'm ready to just destroy you. Give me your neck. And like you're ready to just take it off their throat. Guys, I remember back in the day when I was doing youth ministry, there is, I don't know if you guys do them anymore. My prayer is that you don't because I hated them. They're called all-nighters or lock-ins or whatever they're called. Do you guys still do those? Yeah, you guys think it's new. It's not. I mean, it's old, so give it up. Because all your youth leaders are like, please don't have another one. Guys, it is so hard. And so I remember talking to our student leaders like, guys, what can we do to reach your friends? What can we do? And they're like, have an all-nighter. I'm like, dang it. Why did I ask? I said, he says, okay, if we have an all-nighter, will you stay up all night? Oh, of course, we're going to stay up all night. And so they plan it, and I'm like, okay, here we go. So I think it started at 9, and they're going to get 9, 9 p.m. People are going to be picked up at 8. I think that was the rule. And I couldn't wait for 8. And it wasn't even 9 p.m. yet. All of a sudden, I see kids showing up. They got sleeping bags and pillows, and I'm like, what the heck is this? So even as one person comes up, like, why do you have a sleeping bag of pillows? It's called an all-nighter. Well, it's when we get tired. I'm like, well, why don't we just go home? I'd rather go home and be with my wife and sleep in my house and rather than hang out, hang out with you and watch you sleep. It just doesn't seem all that fun. In fact, it sounds like I'm weird. I'm like, just watch you sleep. Eh. Okay, so it's like, it's weird. So I'll, one by one, they keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Almost everyone has a sleeping bag. I'm like, I just don't think sleepovers are fun here at the church on the floor. So we do our thing, and we're going crazy. But there was this one young lady, never met her, first time there. She brought a sleeping bag. I guess word got out that we're all just having a sleepover. So we play our games. About 3, 3.30, we hit the wall. You know the wall? For those that, some of you guys are like, I never sleep. I ne you are lying. But it's like, you feel it, it just kind of hits you, and you're ready to die. So I could tell they're all just getting grumpy and there's only so much sugar and pizza you can throw into a kid before they're like, I just hate you and life. And so I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. And so on our church property, that we, had, we owned a house that was across the alley. So I put the girls in that one and the guys slept upstairs in the tiny, tiny, tiny little youth room. And then I just stayed awake between in the middle. This is where I stayed. And you said, I go, why would you stay awake in the middle? All of your youth workers know. And so I'm just staying here, right in the middle, keeping them separated. And seven o'clock comes. And I'm like, payback. My time. So I walk upstairs, grab a guitar. I only know like seven chords. Flip on the lights. The guys are like, mm -hmm. 
And so I just start strumming songs. It wasn't even a song. I don't even think I used this left hand. I'm like, bah, 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 bah. And then they didn't move. So I took it off. And at the time, I was about 50 pounds heavier than now. So I was about 280. So I just laid on the ground, and then I just rolled over all of them. I'm like, <laughs> and, and the best one was the last kid, because I think he was like this tall, this tall, tiny little guy. And when I got to him, you hear this, ah! <laughs> and so of course I just kind of laid there for just a second. I said, guys, get up, I'm not cleaning up your mess. And so they all start getting up. Then it's time to go over to the girls. No, nah, don't be like that, that was nice. I actually knocked on the door, because it's right. Knocked on the right, some girl comes by, and I think she tried to make it look like she hadn't been sleeping. Why are we so afraid of people thinking that we sleep? You ever get a, you ever get a phone call at like four in the morning, five in the morning, like, <clears throat> hello? <It's> like, <laughs> instead of what you really sound like, it's like, whoa, yeah, yeah, hello? It's like, we never, we never show that part. So she comes running the door, and she goes, hey, Brian, I'm like, you just got up. Don't lie to me. I said, is everybody up? She goes, oh, almost everyone's up. And they're like, hey, Brian, that was, that was nice. I didn't even take my guitar, thankfully. And so I walk in, and that little girl that I met, the young one, the first time, she didn't move. I'm like, oh, is she dead? <laughs> There's no medical release form for dead. <laughs> so I go over, but I couldn't remember her name. I'm horrible with names. I am, I, am, I am so bad. So if you ask, if you introduce yourself, please know that if I forget your name, it's not you, it's me. And so I walked up, I'm like, hey, buckaroo. Like, I don't, I don't know what to call, I don't know what to call you. I said, hey, you, you got to get up. And no joke, she goes, she said this to us, she goes, no. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, why is her voice deeper than mine? <laughs> in my head, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to do an exorcism this morning. This is gonna be, her head's going to spin. I'm going to levitate. It's going to be a blast. And so I, I'm like, no, 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 you got to get up. Said, no. And then she went down into her sleeping bag. <laughs> and so I started to peel it back a little bit. I'm, I'm being nice, guys. I didn't, I didn't roll over them because that's what you get arrested for. So I didn't do that. So I'm... I, I pull back the sleeping bag. I'm like, no, 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 I'm so sorry. You, you got to get up. It's time to get up. I need you to clean up. No. <laughs> and I kept thinking, okay, this is a sleeping bag. There's a zipper at the end. Unless this is, <laughs> unless this is a sleeping bag that goes to Narnia, like you're going you're gonna to lose this. And so and then I was just like, you know what? I've been up all night. Y'all haven't, I told you, I don't like being up all night. So I said, you know what, you just got to get up. If you don't get up, I'm going to pour water in you. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, there was part of me that was really praying that she would not get up. And she didn't. So I walked into the kitchen. And I could have found a little Dixie cup. Oh, no. I've learned as a parent, if you give a threat, you have to follow through. Oh, and I did, so I found the biggest thing I could find. I filled that sucker up, and I walked back over, and I made sure that she could hear, this is her chance, last shot. This is the warning. Okay, so I walk over, last time, can you get up? No. So I just flung her sleeping bag over, and went, 
after I did that, <laughs> after that, man, she popped up, bam. And she looked me straight in the belly button. <laughs> and I said, well, good morning. <laughs> I never saw her again, but I won. <laughs> Guys, how tired does Jesus have to be that water is pouring on him and he doesn't wake up? And it was Jesus' idea, get in the boat. Let's get in the boat. Let's go to the other side. Like, okay. And then he... They did what he told them to do, and then he fell asleep on them. You ever felt like you did exactly what God told you to do, and then God fell asleep on you? Like you forgot? Like you're all left to it on your own? Do you ever wonder if these, the four that we're going to be looking at, you ever feel like they felt the same way? Let's jump into verse 3 now. Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish of good appearance and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. You know what he did? It's the same thing that we do today. And Christians, sometimes we're guilty of the same thing. He's like, pick the best of the best and we'll change them. And sometimes it's like this, even in the church, it's like, who do we know that's famous and has their life all put together that's a Christian so I feel better about me following Jesus? Instead of it just being about Jesus. Guys, I've seen it over, it's like, we're gonna get this person to come in, it's gonna bring a whole lot of people because when they hear the message of, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus, they're automatically gonna wanna know Jesus and come to surrender to Jesus, or they're gonna think this, if I become one of those, then I can have the exact same life that he has, rather than, or she has, rather than, I just want Jesus. So let's pick the best and the brightest, the perfect, the ones that everyone wants to be like, the one that everyone wants to be around. But then let's teach them our ways. Let's teach them our literature and the way that we think and the way that we live and the way that we respond to things, our perspectives. Let's change them so that they're not against us, but they're part of us. And friends, that is the exact same thing that has happened since this, even before this. Change God's people so that they act better and act more like us. And yet we know the king. And we know that he's worth it. And we know that he's the one who created life. And he knows how it's supposed to be. We broke it. Think about it. Genesis 1 and 2, the story of God's creation. It took us three chapters to break the whole thing. And then we blame God for the fact we broke it. Bless you. Guys, this is, this book that's written hundreds, maybe a couple thousand, almost 3,000 years ago still applies today. This is the exact same thing that's going on. Goes on, verse five, I think I'm at. Yep, verse five. The king assigned them a daily, daily portion of food that the king ate and of the wine that he drank. They were to be educated for three years. And at the end of that time, they were to stand before the king. Among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. Now stop there for just a second. Guys, back in that day, Names were connected to something. They all meant something. I mean, today, some of you guys, if I was to walk up and say, hey, what's your name mean? Some of you guys will know what it means. Another's like, I don't know. 
I don't know. I think my parents found a Cracker Jack box. Like, I don't know. But back then, they, they always were connected to a meaning. So here you have Daniel, guys. Daniel's name means God my judge. Followers of Jesus, we have to remember that God is the judge, not us. God is not on trial. He doesn't have to prove anything to us. Because he doesn't have to do anything. Anything that he does on our behalf or for us is what? It's his mercy. It's his grace. It's his goodness. But friends, I don't deserve anything. He's the judge. I'm not. Which should also bring us to this. Followers of Jesus, there's one judge and we're not it. It's so easy for us to look down on others. And even if you're not a follower of Jesus, isn't it easy to do that? You say, well, I don't do that. Guys, the whole social media world's about that. Guys, we're pretty brutal on social media, aren't we? Guys, have you ever, I know this is weird. I've, there's times that someone will send me a video, um, and I don't have any social media. I used to have it, and now that's a whole other story. But I don't have it anymore, and feel free. It's fantastic. But I remember people will still send me little videos of, hey, here's a little, here's a baby laughing. Have you ever had a little one, like a one-year-old just lose it? It's like you just sit there and go, oh my gosh. It's like, it's like my soul is being massaged by a koala bear. It's like, oh my gosh, this feels fantastic. It's like they just keep laughing, and they're laughing over a cup. It's like, cup. <laughs> and I'm not going to do it because I'll sound like an idiot. But they just lose it. And you'll see the comments, oh, what a cutie. Oh, what a cutie. That baby's ugly. Okay. Okay, you have no soul. <laughs> Guys are pretty much the same way. Whether or not you love Jesus, it's part of our sin nature to judge, to put people lower than us so we feel better about us. It really just comes down to the fact that we're insecure. By a show of hands, how many of you are insecure? How many struggle with it? I do. My hand's up. Yeah, and even right now, you're like, did I raise it okay? I'm not sure if I raised it. Is it okay? <laughs> Guys, I promise you this. You continue to walk with Jesus, and you'll see freedom, and you'll see growth, and you'll get healthier but it's tough, isn't it? Daniel's name means God my judge. Hananiah, whom Jehovah hath favored. Oh, if you could get this. Guys, how many believe it out of a shadow of a doubt? And hands, hands go up and not halfway Baptist, like charismatic on this one. Ready? How many believe it out of a shadow of a doubt that God loves you? There you go. Come on. Man, I even felt that. That felt good. Okay. Now I'm going to change down. Next question. How many believe? Second question. Mikey, not just one, but two questions. Ready? Okay, second question. <laughs> second question. How many believe without a shout out that God likes you? Like, uh, oh, dude, bold. Okay, I like that. Here's what happens. Like, he loves us. Boom. How many believe that God likes you? All of a sudden, your right arm or left arm, whatever, and it becomes the heaviest thing. It's like, I, I, uh, I want to... Is that person I like looking, uh, I don't know what to think. What do you mean by like? Like or like, 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 like? What do you mean by like? <laughs> I mean this, that God actually takes pleasure in you. He enjoys you. He laughs and plays with you. Guys, he has never regretted calling you to himself. He wants us. Guys, it's not just God loves us and he's putting up with us. Guys, he even refers to Israel who rebelled against him constantly as his treasured possession. That God's favor of me is not based on my performance of the day. It's based on Jesus. And it's based before time began. And then we need to be careful. It's like, well, if that's what he thinks, I can do whatever I want. No, 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 no. 
Why? Because I want to make sure that the one who adores me and loves me knows that I love him in return. And therefore, I will obey what it is that he says. Why? Because Jesus is the one who said, I know those who love me by those who obey me. And so for those who say, I love Jesus, I just don't, I just don't do what he says. You don't love Jesus. And it's not my opinion. Jesus is the one who confronts us. But to have Hananiah say, he gets his name, the Lord's favor is on me. Or the Lord, I have the Lord's favor. Oh, what a beautiful name. What a beautiful reminder. Every time someone says his name, it's this reminder. And And then you have Mishael. Who is what God is? Guys, my fear is this. We've made Jesus just a little bit more impressive than us. Guys, in Isaiah chapter 6, do you realize that in there, Isaiah has this vision where he sees God seated on the throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe fills the temple with glory, and the whole earth is full of his glory. And one seraphim, a seraphim is a fiery angel, an angel on fire who likes it. That's a terrifying being. One is crying out to the other, holy, holy, holy. Not love, love, love. Peace, peace, peace. No, no, no. Holy. He's separate. He's different. He doesn't look anything like this. Guys, they would cover their eyes because they couldn't even look upon the glory and the splendor of God. And for us, Jesus has just turned into my homeboy. Jesus is holy creator. Guys, think about it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. First verse of the whole Bible. In the beginning, God. That means when the beginning began, God was already there. For those who say, I don't believe that there's a creator. Okay. But do you realize that most, most scientists, most of these brilliant people, believe in what's called the, the cosmological argument. And that argument says this, that there was a moment when all time, matter, and space began. It, is, it hasn't been eternal. It hasn't always been. So at some point... There was absolutely nothing. You cannot, guys, five-year-olds get this. I remember explaining this to a little five, six-year-old at our church. Just kind of like, we were talking about God as creator. It's like, you know that there's some people that God didn't make it. Well, how's that true? Well, they say that God, not not God, but something created something out of completely nothing. And this was the response of the little one. They go, that doesn't make sense. Six-year-old gets it. And as we get older, we don't want it. Why? Because we don't want to be, here it is, we don't want to be told what to do. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In Psalm 33, it says, out of the breath of God came all the starry hosts. That means when God exhaled, the sun popped out. That's a pretty good trick. Think about it. He just goes, sun. You exhale, people back up, because it's like, dang, what was that? God's like, The sun pops out. Guys, you can fit 1.3 million earths inside the sun. And the sun is 93 million miles away. So tomorrow, if you get to see it rise, I don't know if you get up early or not, when when it rises and you see the light coming, that's from 93 million miles away. When it gets hot, like up here, the weather's been awesome. I'm from Southern Cal. It's not awesome right now. Some of you guys might be from the Central Valley. It's even worse. Do you realize that that heat from that star is traveling 93 million miles and God just went, 
Guys, that's, guys, that's one star of about 350 or 400 billion stars in our, only our galaxy. Our galaxy, Milky Way galaxy is one of about 350 to 400 plus billion galaxies in the known universe. All of them have about 350 billion stars in each of those. And God just went, Pah. and the Bible says that God has named each of those stars. In this ever-expanding universe, God has named every single star. And the Bible says that God measures the universe with the span of his hand. It's like he looks at this universe that's ever expanding and to make us understand or help us understand how big God is, it's like he's, he looks at the universe and goes, it's like that big. It's like that big. And he just spoke it. Guys, our Milky Way galaxy, to go from one end to the other, would take you 120,000 light years. Guys, that means you have to go 186,000 miles per second for 120,000 years. And you'll get from one end to the other. And that's just one galaxy. And God just said, let there be. Why do you make it so big? Because he could. And right now you're spinning on this globe, on this earth. Guys, it's the worst teacup ride ever. Guys, I get motion sickness on swings. No joke. I remember... So whenever I'd get on the swing, I'm like, nope, five times is enough. I'm done. Guys, we're spinning at 1,000 miles an hour right now. And while we're, while we're spinning 1,000 miles an hour, we're going around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour. And while we're doing those two things, the sun and the nine planets, yes, nine, I still love Pluto. And so you have the, <laughs> you have the sun and the nine planets. And they always say, ah, oh, he's not a planet. Pluto's not a planet. It's a dwarf. And I'm like, shut up. It's bigger than you. So in the sun, <laughs> nine planets. So while we're spinning 1,000 miles an hour, going around the sun at 66,000 miles an hour, the sun and the nine planets are going around the nucleus of the Milky Way galaxy at 540,000 miles an hour. What makes you think that you're in control of anything? Aren't you just hoping we don't crash? And yet for some, you actually have the audacity to look at God and say, you need to be better at and you can't even keep your room clean. And then you look at the earth and what's on it. Guys, the earth weighs about, what was it? 13 septillion, 170 sextillion pounds. I don't have a clue what that is. I think it's the national debt, but I don't, I don't know. <laughs> okay. After this, we're going to talk about politics so we can unite. So here's, <laughs> guys, here's, just put it in perspective. Guys, it goes millions, billions, trillions, quadrillions, quintillions, sextillions, septillions, and it weighs 13 septillion pounds. I have no clue how they figured that out. That's a, that's a heavy, that's, a, that's heavy. And then on this massive planet that weighs so much, guys, do you know that caterpillars have 228 distinct muscles in just their head? And who the heck found that out? That's, got, that's a hard job, guys. It's like today's the day. Imagine he's leaving home, looks at his wife, today's the day. What's happening? Distinct muscle head day. Oh, oh. He walks out like, oh, game day, game day. Boom, boom, we're ready to go. He starts counting. He's got his glasses on. 700, no, not 700, 7, 8, 9. And he's going through, he gets to like 212, 213. Someone bumps his chair. <laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> Guys, why? I mean, 228 distinct muscles in just the head of a caterpillar. 
Guys, do you know there's, you know there's dozens of different types of tomatoes? Dozens. I thought there were two. <laughs> like organic and non-organic. Like that's all I know. <laughs> and organic's always more expensive. Like I know that I know they're on an In-N-Out burger. I know that. Bananas. Do you know there's hundreds of different types of bananas? Hundreds of different types of bananas. I thought there was one. <laughs> and then God made a zebra. Guys, this is fascinating. I remember reading this. Did you know that when a when mama zebra gives birth to baby zebra, mama zebra will take baby zebra all away from the rest of the crew? I don't what do you call a bunch of zebra? Herd, thank you. Take them, you guys are smart. Take them from the rest of the herd just so they can do what? And I have no clue why they know this, but so baby can memorize the stripes of mom. I think that's genius. Because can you imagine baby popping out, looking around, going, Mom? <laughs> Walks up. Mom, no, okay. <laughs> and then God, in his infinite wisdom, made a hippo. Guys, you ever looked at a hippo and went, did you sneeze in the middle of it? Like, what is that? <laughs> who, here, who here has ever played Hungry, Hungry Hippo? Anybody? Thank God. And there's no app for it. Guys, this is fun for us back in the day. This is fun. Guys, we're going to get these hippo heads. <laughs> four of them, stick some marbles in there because that's all we got. And then we're just going to smack down. That's, that's the whole game. And it's awesome. And everyone sits there and goes, I love hippos. Guys, do you realize that there are more people who die from being mauled by a hippo than by a lion every year? Why? Because we all played hungry, hungry hippo. You see the hippo, you're like, I just want to plan and you're just eating. Guys, you realize there are over 60 different species of eagles? Do you realize the grip strength of an eagle is 10 times stronger than that of a human? Their eyesight is eight times greater than that of a human. That means that when you see this cute little bunny going through the field, it's like, oh, he's so safe. But two miles away, eagles like dinner. <laughs> two miles away, as clear as a bell, boom, I can see it. And God said, let there be. And you, guys, in your body are about 75 trillion cells. Every three seconds, 50,000 die off and are replaced by 50,000 new ones. And you're not doing anything. Each one, of those, each one of those cells has what's called a DNA strand. It's like the blueprints. Like God wrote up what you're going to be like. Guys, if I take one out of the cell, take one DNA strand out of one cell, it's about six feet long. So if you take every DNA strand out of every cell of one human body, guys, that's enough DNA to go from here to the moon and back 178,000 times. And so when the Bible says, hey, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, when it talks about, hey, he knits you together in your mother's womb. When we start to grasp, wait, wait, wait. So when I look in the mirror and all I see is the mistakes, God is sitting there going, I never make a mistake. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. You have been put together by the divine, omniscient, omnipotent, perfect, almighty, gracious, wonderful, perfect God. And yet for some of you, it just happened. And in reality, 
Is it possible that that's why you feel there's really no meaning behind even why you're here? But when you know you're fashioned and you're formed and you're put together by a God who wants you and gives you a purpose for something, everything changes. Guys, that's what his name meant. Mishael, who is, who is like our God? And then you get Azariah, whom Jehovah helps. Whom Jehovah helps. So I'm asking you this question again. Will you give God a week? For those who say, I just, I need help. And for some of you, you've kept something secret a long time. And I just want to remind you from this guy's name, Azariah, God is the God who helps. How do I know? Because that same God, and we'll get more into this, that same God became a man, and that same God who became a man took a cross that I deserved, that should have been mine to help me and to help you. And it's not just that, guys. It's every day, all day. Guys, you breathe, you inhale, you inhale and exhale, not because you tell yourself to do it, but because God gives you breath. Guys, he is our help. And so I'm asking those, instead of just closing down, going, I'm going to do what I want, I'm just here for, I'm just here to flirt, or here to find a fake spouse, and like just for the week, we can play married. Uh, I'm saying, what if you give God a week so you actually find the purpose for why you were created? Or you can settle. You can just settle. Will you give him a week? And even if you already love Jesus, will you give him a week? Students and youth workers and youth pastors and Hume people, will you give him a week? At the end, what they do? They change their names. Belteshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and every one of those names pointed to their fake God. Why? Because if you can change their identity, you can change their thinking. If you change their thinking, you can change their behavior. Guys, it's no different then than it is now. I'm convinced we have so much that God is going to teach us this week. Can I pray for us? Thanks for letting me be here. Let me pray. Father, we give you thanks that you, would, that you love us enough to confront us. You do. You love us. God, for those that just stay hurt, I thank you that you're a healer. God, for those who are just, they don't want you, even rebelling a little bit, God, I thank you that you know how to draw people to yourself. God, I pray you do whatever it takes to bring them to a point where they would recognize you and see your grace and receive it. For those of us who love you, God, help us to love you more. God, encourage us to be the kind of followers where we don't relent, we don't give up because Jesus, you are worth it. And we'll trust you in your process. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone who agrees says.